In this edition of the podcast, the date is set and the long-awaited opening of ACME, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, is fast approaching. And we'll talk to Katrina Sedgwick, OAM, the Director and CEO of the museum, about the new experiences we can look forward to and the arduous nature of pulling all the aspects together over what has been a very challenging year and a bit. I'm Tim Stackpole and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks for downloading the podcast once again as we celebrate the reopening of a popular Melbourne institution, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, or ACME as it's known. First though, a reminder about Pixel Perfect Pro Lab, a long-time supporter of this podcast, and their contribution is put towards the written transcripts of the interviews that we undertake on this podcast, very much appreciated by the hearing impaired. Pixel Perfect Pro Lab do a great job as the print lab for the photographic and exhibition professional with special emphasis on faithful colour rendering and reproduction. And you can learn more about their services at pixelperfect.com.au. And of course, the transcripts of our interviews are available at our website at www.insidethegallery.com.au. Located in the heart of Melbourne's Federation Square, ACME, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, celebrates the wonder and power of the world's most democratic art form, fostering the next generation of makers, players and watchers. Generally over a single year, around 1.5 million visit ACME, the second highest attendance of any gallery or museum in Australia, of course that's pre-COVID, and it is the most visited moving image museum in the world. But in May 2019, ACME closed to the public, it was scheduled to do so to begin a $40 million redevelopment. Historically, the centre can trace its roots back to 1946 with the establishment of the State Film Centre of Victoria. In 1993, the Victorian State Government reaffirmed the viability of a proposal for an Australian centre for the moving image and on the 1st of January 2002, the museum was officially established by Victoria's Film Act of 2001 and it now resides in a fabulous building right within Federation Square. Katrina Sedgwick, OAM, has been the director and CEO of ACME since early 2015. Previously, she was the head of arts for ABC TV and ABC Arts Online and founding director and CEO of the biennial Adelaide Film Festival. She does have an extensive background as a performer, creative producer and festival director. She was a producer for the Adelaide Festival of Arts, 1996, 1998 and 2000, a huge resume, and the artistic director of Come Out 99 and Adelaide Fringe in 2002, She's currently on the board of Back to Back Theatre, the Australian Film, Television and Radio School, the Creative State Advisory Board. She was a member of the Creative Industries Task Force and a former board member of the Australian Children's Television Foundation, Art Gallery of South Australia and Chair of the South Australian Youth Arts Board. Katrina, she's joining us on the phone just for a quick chat. But first of all, thanks for joining us on Inside the Gallery. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming. You guys have been in refurbishment for, it seems, forever you must be so pleased to now have an opening date. A few challenges along the way, though, I expect? We've been slowed down a bit, it has to be said, by um, the pandemic, yeah. um, uh, particularly with the, the lockdown in Melbourne um, and, and the stage uh, second wave. But yeah. um, we're just working through the process at the moment, um, finalising what is a very kind of complex and multi-layered mm. um, build mm. um, that we're kind of navigating through a, an evolving um situation in relation mm. to the sort of pandemic restrictions. Yes. Yeah, it's been so tough throughout the whole year to actually nail down any 
Any firm plans, of course, because you never know when when you may be put under restrictions again, and and certainly in in Melbourne, is certainly had a character building couple of months. I think we could describe <laughs> it that way. And in terms of what. You've had to do in the meantime, I mean, we've seen some tremendous online experiences evolve over this period, and and particularly as well with your museum. Did you always have plans for that, or has it intensified over this year because of COVID? Look, I think it's intensified. We, as part of what we're calling our renewal project, which is a sort of $40 million Transformation. Mm. Um, we had in, we'd invested a lot of imagination into yeah. how we could kind of seize the digital tools available to us to extend how visitors engage with our museum. So they would come, they would have a very sort of interactive and immersive experience in the museum, but then they would be able to go home and explore it much further. Yeah. And um, so we'd invested a lot of time and, and money in that. And when lockdown came, we were already shut, so we were running a few programs, some some talks, um, some industry-focused workshops, mm. um, education programs, and we pivoted them and, and put them online. And we were fascinated to see the kind of take-up of those programs and how deeply people were engaging with really kind of complex conversations and ideas. And it felt like the audience had almost caught up with what the potential is for digital yes. to to um, extend what a physical museum can be mm, into the mm, digital space. Mm. So we've created um, digital accompaniment to our permanent exhibition, which we've called the story of the moving image. The physical exhibition all open with our building, but we've taken the sort of ideas in that and selected a number of strands which we've created as a sort of story of the moving image experience um, where you can go online and and explore a whole lot of um, stories, pieces of media, clips, images, um, and and kind of it's almost like a sort of magazine, mm. a digital magazine that mm. accompanies mm. A, a physical um, visit, and it's it's really rich and it's kind of almost choose your own adventure in how how you wander through. Yes. And the team has sort of brought with that a lot of really rich curatorial material. So there's fantastic sort of articles and wonderful kind of video compiles and wonderful sort of juxtapositions, if you like, between, you know, the content that we're exploring. We're sort of Australia's only museum of screen culture. Yes, yes. And and when we talk about screen culture, we talk about film, television, video games, digital art, contemporary um, video art, and all of the other things that sort of sit between that um, in the moving image that dominate our lives so much. And, you know, I think our curators and programmers have really thought about connecting all of those different things in interesting ways. If you like, kind of Acme is creating its own human-driven algorithms. Mm. Forget AI. It's mm. our people mm. who are connecting and making recommendations for you. So it's it's very rich. And, and because we're Acme, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, at the moment it has a very Australian focus as well. Yeah. And the other thing is too, in talking to so many curators over the last few years on the podcast, is that there's always things that they just don't have the space to include or the concepts that they can't necessarily hang on the walls, you know, when it comes to visual arts, for instance. But then being able to extend into the digital world into the internet, on the web, it it lends itself to a, a whole new expansion of actually curating and getting the message across to people. 
You're absolutely right, and and that's exactly what it's meant for us. So, you know, when when you're making a physical exhibition, it's it's an incredible discipline about mm. what you don't include. Mm. Um, it has to mm. be very tight. It has to be very succinct. And what what and and you know exactly as you say, your how you kind of create this sort of physical experience for somebody means that there are things that you can't riff off. Yeah. You know, there are there are sort of rabbit holes that just can't go down there are tangents you can't explore um as soon as you go online suddenly that that really frees you up i think you still have to bring a discipline to it um but it's a different kind of way of of creating an exhibition experience um for for visitors and you know i mean we at the same time as sort of launching this um story of the moving image experience we've also announced that we're creating two new spaces mm-hmm. for acme we've got beautiful um permanent and uh, temporary gallery spaces and beautiful cinemas mm-hmm. um we've now launched um cinema three um which is an entirely video on demand curated digital cinema that will be ongoing as part of our office. So we have three cinema spaces now, two right. in situ mm-hmm. and one online. Um, and then we have a we have four get different gallery spaces in the building. We now have a gallery five. And interesting when you talk about visual art, what's really exciting about creating an entirely digital space for contemporary visual art is we can then house and show um, exhibitions about those visual artists who are practicing exclusively in a digital space. Yeah, right. Um, and and that opens up a, a lot of really exciting um, opportunities again for for how we curate our programs. Yeah. So you started talking about the things that we can expect when you do get to reopen. Specifically, what sort of exhibitions do you have scheduled to kick your opening off? Well, the the main exhibition is the new permanent exhibition. Um, and so we Acme really had a big shift in two thousand and nine when it opened its first permanent exhibition. We're an interesting museum because we do have a collection. It's the State Film Archive. It Mm. has about 250,000 objects in it, mainly moving um, image-based films, videos and and digital works. But um, it's not something that you can tell a whole story that is about a sort of a very global picture of the past and present um, of of the moving image, which is, you know, 120 years old and has so many fascinating... um, So in 2009, um, the museum created its first permanent exhibition called Screen Worlds. And when we closed it in um, April 2019, it had been operating for nearly 10 years. Um, It had had millions of people through it. Uh, It just really resonated um, with people of all ages. Interestingly, mainly that sort of – the main visitors were kind of in their – 20s and 30s, yep. interestingly. Yep. Um, and But, you know, when it, when it opened, the iPhone 3 had just arrived in Australia. Wow. Okay. So, you know, a lot has changed. It, it seems thing. a long time ago, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. You think of how that's transformed how we engage with yeah. living image. I mean, yeah. we are now all consumers, creators and distributors. Mm, mm. In our pockets. I mean, it's just fascinating. Mm. Um, so, so the this new permanent exhibition is larger than that. Um, it's sixteen hundred square meters. It tells the story, the kind of pre-cinema, through the arrival of of the animated image, right through to the present day, and with a kind of nudge towards what's next. But it's an exhibition that. Um, very importantly, is designed to evolve, to reflect this rapidly changing uh, environment. It's incredibly interactive. So there's a lot of stuff that you can 
play with, um, lots of different experiences. There's a real kind of theatricality to the exhibition. Um, it embeds and sort of juxtaposes all of those different forms I mentioned before next to each other in really interesting ways. So, for example, contemporary art is is throughout the exhibition. Um, in terms of the technology, we've devised a, a thing that we're calling the lens, which is a recyclable cardboard little circle that, that is a take-home device and um, it has an NFC chip in it. It's been inspired by those old Viewmaster slides. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. And you, you can take that and go around and, and tap labels, whatever you're interested in. Um, if you've created something in one of the interactive experiences, you can tap and keep it. And then you can go home and you'll find your own um, bespoke page, which has all of those things that you collected, and then you can dive deeper yeah. into um, into a, you know, a really rich extension um, cool. of the of the visit that you've had. Um, I think really importantly too, one of the big shifts that we've made is how we've engaged with um, First Nations people. Um, so first of all, the the way that we've worked um, with a with a sort of Indigenous advisory group, um, which includes um, uh, elders from the Bunwarang and Wurundjeri um, peoples, whose land that that our museum is on, um, and also leading um, Indigenous um, practitioners um, or industry figures to help guide us with how we tell um, and collaborate with First Nations. Um, practitioners and stories uh, throughout the the exhibition, and I think people will really be incredibly thrilled. I think mm. they'll learn a lot, and um, I think it I think it'll actually be quite revelatory um, for how the Indigenous voice, the First Nations voice, really wraps itself around um, the stories that we're telling, which are very global. Um, but you know we we are a nation which has the the longest continuing yes. connection um, to its culture yes. anywhere in the world. Yes. Um, who've been using light and shadow and storytelling throughout all of that time, and and I think that 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 experience um, at that tradition, and then of course the contemporary practice, which is so incredibly vibrant, mm. um, is is really wonderful to have wrapped so deeply. Uh, across um, the, the permanent exhibition and indeed in the in the building as a whole. Mm, and you're obviously excited and anticipating the the opening again and ready for it to go. Looking back though, you had plans to relaunch anyway prior to COVID. But how did your folks, your staff, how did you manage during COVID? How did you, I guess, maintain the culture that you'd built up within your team and carry that through? you know, the toughest of times that we've seen particularly throughout Melbourne and Victoria? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's been so extraordinary and so so challenging. And, you know, when you look at what's happened to, to the arts, to the creative industries um, globally, uh, it's just been devastating. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, in that context, we've been very lucky. Um, we were already closed uh, and we'd spent years planning to be closed. Mm. We shut our doors in May 2019. Mm. So we didn't have that trauma of being mid yep. mid something yep. and just having to stop. Yep. We had invested a lot. Um, we've established a, an experienced team who have been working um, with our ICT team to really look at how we can work um, as very flexibly and nimbly together using digital tools, which really helped when we had to separate and work from home. Yeah. 
and we were in the middle of a building project and construction has always been seen as an essential service, Mm. albeit at a slower rate, albeit in a COVID-safe way that has Mm. slowed us down. However, it's meant that we've been able to keep a momentum going and then simultaneously I think that that move to digital for everybody has been quite revealing and for us because we were already mid-project that had this digital investment we were then able to you know for example the story of the moving image experience you know our our team pulled that together in four months we were already working with licorice who are an amazing um, web design company Mm. who were making our websites and so we said to them can you build this for us and we were mid-conversation with them so we could start at a gallop you know so it's kind of I'm not trying to Uh, insinuate that it hasn't been incredibly tough and I think for all of our staff they've you know it's been hard and for all of us personally it's been really difficult but we've kept our jobs yes yes. (laughs) we've got a really exciting project and and I think we felt the purpose of that project became even more important Mm. to COVID we we know that we're Mm. sitting on something that's wonderful and when we open we're going to be you know an important ingredient in the reanimation of our city mm. um, of you know attracting people to come and visit again from from interstate and eventually internationally, but getting our community out amongst it, I think we we really felt that 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 investment that was made by the government and also by you know some wonderful partners and and donors um, has become almost more valuable strangely, because of the advent of this pandemic. Yes, yes. It's been very interesting times and certainly looking forward to, you know, that day when you can open the doors again and we can all come to visit and enjoy the the splendid panorama, the offer that you guys have there. And there's nothing else like it in Australia, really. It's fantastic, Katrina. And I thank you so much for, for chatting with us on Inside the Gallery. Thank you. Katrina Sedgwick, OAM there, the Director and CEO of ACME, due to reopen on the 11th of February. Tickets for various upcoming screenings and other exhibitions are now available at acme.net.au. Plenty of more information and online exhibitions of sorts to be seen at that website. And if you're not in Victoria, then certainly put a visit to ACME on your bucket list for when you next travel to Melbourne. You'll find a link to ACME anyway at our site at www.insidethegallery.com.au as well as to our transcripts, thanks to Pixel Perfect Pro Lab and to our Facebook and Instagram pages too. There's a link also there to our mailing list, which will only ever alert you to a new episode being published. No junk mail, I promise you. So wherever you are around the world, keep supporting the arts as best you can. And again, socially distance as locally advised. I'm Tim Stackpole. Catch you again soon.